Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by Christina Volpe. Christina, how are you today? Hi Brian, thank you for inviting me over to your podcast, and I'm really good, thank you. Oh good, yeah, and we are in what feels like the end of the pandemic, although we've got some variants that are popping up here and there, but I hope the pandemic hasn't been negatively affecting you and your work too much. Um, it hasn't, it hasn't at the same time. Um, mm. I'm living in Perth, Western Australia, and for a long time we actually haven't really seen the effect of the pandemic locally. We had a very low number of cases compared to the rest of the world. Mm. Um, where we were affected was the fact that we couldn't travel, so we were a bit isolated. We were in our cocoon of self-sufficiency in a way. <laughs> you're you're very isolated to begin with, and then with the limited travels, I would certainly be a, a, yes. a, a difficult situation. Yeah, I've been to Perth several times, and yeah, it's a it's a beautiful city, and I love to travel there. Well, Christina, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your we education. Um, so I'm a Romanian and uh, I studied engineering, civil engineering in Romania. I did my undergraduate uh, there. Afterwards, I moved to Italy where I did my master's degree in geotechnical engineering. I then hopped on to France where I did my uh, PhD again in geotechnical engineering. And then in 2012, I uh, hopped on a plane and moved to Australia, to Perth, uh, where I'm working as a researcher again in the geotechnical engineering field. Ah, so so tell me about your PhD um, program. How did you find that program in, in France? Um, I was working at, um, as a researcher uh, after I finished my master's, my master's and I went back to Romania. Um, I was working as a lecturer um, at um, the Technical um, University of Civil Engineering in Bucharest. And uh, one email popped up um, in, uh, on our teams and uh, it was about um, an opportunity to do a PhD in, uh, in France at the Ecole Nationale de Pont Chaussée. Uh, it's a university with which we had collaborations with um, and uh, I thought it was a great idea and I wrote my application, had an interview with them and they accepted me in for the program. So that's how I went there. Oh, that's very cool. You must be good with languages because it must be a French-based program. It's a French-based program, but uh, when I applied for it, I didn't speak French. Uh, and um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the... They accepted me on the condition that I would learn French because um, we have to write the thesis in French and then uh, the French system as well requires the public defense of the PhD. 
Yeah. And that's also in French. So I had to learn French while I was there. <laughs> that reminds me of a friend of mine from Peru who applied for a master's program and they accepted him, except he didn't speak English. And he lived in a very remote town in Peru. So he checked out a book from his local library and taught himself English just from a book. And so, <laughs> yeah. It's, from a book? So yeah. Uh, no. recording no just out. just a book though he wouldn't really fully comprehend the the uh, pronunciations of words so i thought yeah. that, that was a pretty amazing accomplishment yeah it is at least i was listening to french every day for three yeah. years so i right. had enough yeah. <laughs> opportunity to learn it yeah so what, what was your dissertation topic for your phd um, it was on numerical modeling, and I was looking at uh, determining some um, or defining some quality indicators for um, uh, looking at um, the accuracy of finite element analysis, because with uh, numerical codes, you just uh, buy them. You can buy fluxes, you can buy FLAC, uh, abacus, or any other type of um, code, and you can just write an analysis uh, in it, and you get out the results, and the results look pretty, because that's how these codes are designed. Hey, right, right. Beautiful results, but you don't know whether they are correct or not. So I was looking at introducing some um, uh, very simple mathematical formulation that at least would give an indication about whether um, the mesh is uh, properly defined, whether the type of uh, elements that have been chosen for that particular analysis um, are um, are accurate uh, or not. So. I did spend a bit of time uh, writing mathematical formulations and integrals and um, looking at Gauss points and whatnot <laughs> in order to, to come up with these uh, simple equations. Yeah, that was very cool. Many years ago, about uh, 20 years ago, I had one of your colleagues, Andy Faree, uh, working on a flak program for a tailings facility that was deforming. And uh, this is a really unique experience, and I, I got to learn a lot from Andy, so I appreciated that uh, that experience I, more more than I appreciated the tailings dam deforming for sure. <laughs> yeah. Working with tail uh, with uh, Andy is indeed a very very nice experience. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So, w what is it that you do at the University of Western Australia? Um, so I'm um, a researcher, but um, working more as an academic um, in the sense that I do research and I teach as well. I lecture, um, supervise uh, undergraduate students, master's students, PhD students, and I'm also an academic advisor for the UWA Soys Laboratory. So I provide um, um, specialized um, responses or answers to industry clients or other uh, colleagues within the university that would like to make use of our equipment. Oh, okay. Well, what is your favorite course to teach? Um, I'm teaching, currently I'm teaching environmental geomechanics mm -hmm. and I have to say that it's my favorite uh, course to teach. Um, I've also been involved with uh, the basic geomechanics um, course. Um, for a number of years, but I think that uh, look, looking more at advanced geomechanics topics and infrastructure in the context of um, 
environment in the, in the environmental co- uh, context i think that it, it, it working more on my um, personal goals as well so it yeah. matches my uh, my uh, c- career goals and personal goals as well oh okay, good for you good for you uh, let me just go back so what you you were living in romania and you chose france and uh, paris yes. specifically for your uh phd program what attracted you there i mean there's a lot of a lot of uh, phd geotechnical programs all through europe what what was the thing that attracted you to france especially since you didn't speak the language i think that the fact that i didn't speak the language was one good reason mm. uh, so well Going back, when I moved to Italy to do my master's, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't speak Italian either. <laughs> so there's a theme here. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Italy and learned Italian. Wow. That was good. Wow. Uh, and then I was, uh, when uh, the PhD uh, the, came up uh, in France, I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity again. I'll learn another language. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Good. Well, I said it was an idea as well. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. So, w- when you were growing up, what languages did you speak? Uh, Romanian. So that is, uh, we speak Romanian uh, yeah. as our native language, mm-hmm. and I learned English in school. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, so let's. Oh, get... I'm also part. I already speak English. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go back to uh, where you are now and and some of your research. I know you've you've got a project that you discussed a little bit on LinkedIn called the Myra Project. Could you describe that for us? Uh, yes, sure. I would uh, love to. Um, so, uh, Myra is um, actually um, a sort of company, uh, and they are. Um, helping us uh, with uh, taking off the ground uh, the, the project that um, uh, is called evaluation of uh, tailing storage facilities monitoring technologies mm. so um, MD collaborated with Amira to put together the project and then um, together they uh, looked for uh, industry sponsors uh, to fund uh, the project and uh, help the, help us um, taking uh, it uh, off the ground. Um, Amira does an amazing work at uh, putting together various uh, industry players and um, people from academia together in order to um, push uh, research further, but uh, in a practical manner. So all the research that we're doing has an applicability in uh, industry. And the Myra provides quite a bit of uh, project uh, management uh, to, to, the, to this project as well. Uh, okay, great, great. So we, we've had some horrifying tailings failures in the last few years. And there are a lot of service providers that are coming forward with their technologies and um, laying claim to their usefulness for tailings monitoring. Is, is, is it your goal to try to root out some of the best and, and newest and novelist, novel uh, applications or, or what, is, what is the goal of the program? 
you've got the answer just right. Mm. So, <laughs> yes, this, this is exactly it, <laughs> basically. Uh, we okay. are looking at meaningful monitoring. Yeah. And the project came out exactly from this uh, problem. So the fact that, that there were quite a lot of uh, catastrophic failures in recent years, uh, the ones that you mentioned uh, the, in Brazil, uh, especially the, there were a couple of them in 2015 and 2019 that made the news around the world. There was one in uh, Canada as well, uh, mm-hmm. Mount Poli. Yeah. We had yeah. one in Australia as well at, uh, at Cadia. Um, and then after all these failures, there were indeed an, quite a lot of um, monitoring technology providers that were selling their technologies in ways that um, aren't necessarily the most um, altruistic or um, honest. Mm, yeah. And it becomes very difficult for mine site operators to know which to root out, which are the good and the bad. And our goal is um, to investigate uh, quite a large number of uh, monitoring technologies and um, look which ones are most appropriate for um, investigating um, um, the stability of the tennis storage facilities. And also we want to find out which are the precursors to failures, which are the type of behavioral changes within a TSF that would ultimately lead to a catastrophic failure. So uh, we link that with uh, various monitoring technologies that can monitor for certain parameters like uh, displacement, excess pore water pressure, um, cavity uh, expansion, and a lot of other parameters. And we want to see which is the combination of changes in parameters, so changes in behavior in the tailing storage facilities that would ultimately lead to failure. And as well, which are the incipient um, changes in behavior that would lead to these failures. Okay, very good. You know, this reminds me of the the food that I put into my body. I like to think of foods as being good, better, best. You know, sometimes I have a cake or a donut or something like that, but more often I have things like, you know, good healthy protein and spinach and things like that are that are good for you. So there must be a, a similar line of reasoning for instrumentation monitoring there's some things that are good some things that are better and some things that are best so that must be kind of one of the outcomes that you're hoping to uh focus in on at the culmination of this project yes yes i like the fact that you're uh, mixing uh, this uh, information with food which is one of my favorite topics yes um so there's quite a large number of monitoring technologies out there and some of them are suitable to monitor uh, telling storage facilities and out of all of these that are suitable to monitor telling storage facilities some of them provide better information about uh, precursors to failure than others so this is again something that we're looking at and because we are not 
um, monitoring technology providers ourselves. We are researchers. Um, our goal is to find out which are the best monitoring technologies and how can they also be combined because one monitoring technology by itself cannot provide all the answers and complementary monitoring technologies uh, should be installed on a TSF and apart from that we should have a list a, a bit of redundancy in uh, the monitoring technologies as well because we want to make sure that we have at least a bit of overlap of data between various technologies and they should be providing the same results if they are monitoring for the exact same thing yeah that's yeah that that's very good and uh... Next time we talk, maybe we can exchange recipes. I think that'd be really interesting too. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting that you talk about combinations of instrumentations. In an ideal world, all the instrumentation data would go into a slope stability program and tell you the factor safety all the time of all of these cross sections that you're looking at kind of a fanciful thing and there's always going to have to be a human aspect that comes into it because you can't always know what's the difference between good and bad data if it just gets loaded into uh, a, a software without any thought but I, re I really like this program that you're working on and I really look forward to seeing the results of it how long uh, at, uh, yeah, so what is the termination date or do you know how long the program's going to last or when it's going to end or when you can publish your findings so what I can tell you is that we started in mid 2020 so mm -hmm. when we are in full pandemic mode yeah yeah um, and the project is uh, meant to last for three years. So this is the initial uh, end date for okay. the, the project. Yeah. So we're um, about halfway through. But we may also extend the duration of the project. Right. Right. Yes, okay. we are halfway through the, the project at the moment. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, in terms of... Um, publishing results. Um, we are currently working with uh, some of the um, monitoring technology sponsors and also with one of the um, uh, mine site um, operators with one company that has provided uh, to us uh, one of their daily storage facilities to, to instrument and monitor. And uh, we are currently writing a paper that um, I think we'll uh, come out towards uh, the mid part of this year and at the same time we have a, lo a number of other um, uh, research avenues that we are pursuing but um, the project because the project has 17 industry partners um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a number of confidentiality clauses as well so we have to go through those before um, so the sponsors must uh, first see the publication that we intend to publish and they must um, first agree um, to have us publish that um, that information and afterwards it uh, goes out in the public domain 
So we are slowly working on uh, making some of the information um, available that, that, that is uh, spinning out of uh, the project. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's going to be quite the hurdle to get everybody to agree on on the content of the paper. One of the I can give you maybe a little bit of a insight on on that. I used to run a a, a roundtable conference where I would publish the proceedings of the conference, and everybody had to agree that I could present it like that and what I did was to tell them okay you have until you know a, a week from Friday or whatever to give me your input otherwise I'll assume that I've got your approval and we'll proceed so you might instead of saying you know sign this piece of paper maybe maybe it's possible to say you know the absence of a response is taken to be a confirmation of your agreement Uh, That's so, exactly how we're doing it as well. <laughs> okay, good, good. It, it, it seems like the best way to go about it. No, yeah, well, good for you, good for you. So, <laughs> we take final, yes. Yeah, good, good for you. And Christina, where do you think you'll publish the first uh, paper resulting from this that's going to come out mid-year this year? So the first paper is going to be in a conference, um, and it's a conference. It's the um, what is it called? I can tell you in a second. Mm, okay. Um, the page is loading. Uh, so it's um, the international symposium on film monitoring in geomechanics. Oh, and interesting. And in London later this uh, this year. Okay, interesting. I'm I'm not aware and of that. We are collaborating conference. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, and do you think that will be um, that paper will be made public, or is it going to be only available through yes. the con? Okay, yes. good, 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 good. Okay, we'll look forward to that. Well, Christina, I'm I'm really fascinated by this research. It's very intriguing, and I think it's something that the world really needs to have because there are, like I say, a lot of providers there, and, and they offer a slew of different technologies and uh, they lay claim to the usefulness of their data. So I think it's really nice that somebody independent is looking at it and adjudicating the the results and the claims and, and judging for the rest of us so that we don't have to go through this very difficult process to, to come up with ideas and thoughts and suggestions and recommendations for what combination of uh, instrumentation or other kinds of surveillance and monitoring you should be using for your tailings? Uh, yes, thank you for saying that. We are very pleased by this project. Um, Andy and I, so Andy, Andy for you is the lead, mm -hmm. uh, okay. the mastermind of the project. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I'm um, working uh, with uh, Andy um, on the on evaluating the um, storage facility monitoring technologies pro program um, and we also have um, a PhD student you interviewed her a while ago actually Alexandra Halliday she started her PhD last year with us 
I was so happy to hear that she was going to study with the University of Western Australia. So I think you have a really great program. And she was she was really fun to be able to interview. Yes, and she's a she's a, a brilliant future researcher. Ah, oh, fantastic! That, that's so nice to hear. Yes. Um, so the the program is um, quite multidisciplinary as well because um, we are geotechnical engineers and we normally deal with soils or tailings. Uh, we t- treat tailings yeah. uh, in the similar manner as we would treat soils. We are looking at the mechanical properties of tailings, how, how their behavior, their strength, stiffness, um, just the way we'd, we would look at the normal soils. But also because we are dealing with monitoring technologies, um, we need a bit of um, um, big data analysis. So mm-hmm. that, so there's a bit of programming as well that um, we need to do, and we are using Python, so the, uh, it's, it's easy to, to go to look at the large um, sets of data using Python and uh, try to figure out trends in behavior and changes in behavior over time of um, of tailing storage facilities. And we are working also with um, some um, monitoring technology providers as well. Mm-hmm. They are uh, who are providing the te- uh, their uh, technologies for uh, this project. Again, people are uh, or companies are providing their monitoring technologies for the project. But because we are in independent um, of of them in a way, uh, we are not here to advertise a particular technology. So we are yeah, looking right. uh, in, a, in an honest manner of what uh, technologies are suitable or not, and uh, what type of uh, behavioral changes we can monitor, and which are the ones that uh, we should be focusing on, uh, and trying to figure out which are the precursors to failure. So. Uh, there's a lot going on at the same time so we are for this project uh, we are uh, doing a lot of lab testing uh, triaxial row cell uh, odometer resonant column uh, that's ring shear there's a lot going on in the lab but also um, we are creating uh, looking at creating digital twins of the tailing storage facilities the okay. digital twin is just the latest buzzword for yeah. numerical modeling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the one that we have to use now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are going with it. Um, and as we are also using the centrifuge facilities here at uh, UWA, where we are creating some model scale version of tailing storage facilities using tailings from uh some tailing storage facility sites and we are recreating some uh, model embankments and we are subjecting them to a variety of behavioral changes we are monitoring them the same way they would be monitored on uh, on a real site and we are able to determine which are the incipient changes in behavior that would lead to failure and then we are able to fit that into the digital twins uh, and so we are looking at how, how the uh, how the tailing storage facilities behave, and 
in the end, uh, we'll have a dashboard that will um, incorporate um, a number of monitoring technologies, the parameters that they are monitoring for. Uh, we are tracking the changes in these parameters, but because of uh, the digital twins and the um, centrifuge testing that we are doing here at UWA, we are able to input into the dashboard also which are the um, uh, trigger values for failure, which would be the, tr uh, the incipient triggering um, changes in behavior that will lead to failure so th th there is that's where the monitoring money for uh, monit uh, meaningful monitoring uh, part comes in as well we are not just put inputting in some random values of uh, right yeah yeah okay okay well, christina I, I i think we've covered a lot of really good stuff today and i'm really happy to have had this conversation with you is there anything else about your your uh, program that you want to talk about um, I'm not sure if there's something about the, this particular program that I would like to talk about, mm -hmm. but I think that what I would like to, uh, to say is that I hope that there will be more geotechnical uh, engineers coming on board. Um, in the mining space, there's a, an acute lack of experienced uh, geotechnical engineers. Uh, of tailings engineers specifically. So it is a very good career choice uh, for uh, young civil engineers if uh, they move on to, or if they choose a career path in the geotechnical engineering field. Yeah, that is for certain. And, and so far as geotechnical engineering goes, I think tailings in particular is one of the most fascinating fields, even though it might seem pretty mundane it has almost every single aspect of geotechnical engineering you can imagine plus a lot of other uh engineering challenging yeah 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 for sure for sure yes, yeah yes. Well, i agree yes. yeah but yeah i appreciate that and christina before we part ways for the for the day it's uh getting later in my evening and you've probably got things on your plate ahead of you is there any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom that you could lay on us before we part ways? Um, what I would like to say, um, well, if we are thinking about tailings and tennis storage facilities, um, for a long time, this has been the neglected children of um, mine site operations. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, now they have, um, because of the recent failures, uh, now they are at the top of the priority for uh, um, a lot of uh, mine site uh, operators for very good reasons. So what I would like to say that um, even whenever you go in a, um, in a certain career, just because at some point in time, um, your career choice might not uh, appear the um, flashiest one, um, there will be a time for you to shine as well. So uh, there is the time to shine in time to shine in tennis storage facility at the moment. That is, so yeah, yeah, wisdom. yeah, that that is for sure. And I started out my life as a mining engineer, and I thought I'd be a mining engineer for the rest of my life. And one of my really good friends got me into geotechnical engineering, and yeah, you know, it's been a really good choice for me. And and. Uh, tailings facilities in particular it's it's a really fascinating place to 
to work in. So I, I fully agree with you, and yeah, I, I appreciate that that uh, comment. Thank you. Yeah, and Christina, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast today, and all the best to you. And say hi to Andy for me, and tell him that I'm going to get him on the podcast sooner or later. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I will. Yeah, I wish you all the best, and I look forward to reading your upcoming results from this research project. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, no, it's been it's been my honor and my pleasure having you on today, Christina. And uh, with with that, I I wish you all the best, and and uh, and until we talk next time, yeah. Thanks and and have a really nice day. Thank you, you too, Brian. Thank you. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking.